This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by an actual sponsor. <laughs> I know. We've actually got some friends over at a ticket website named TicketRaven.com. Have you heard of it before? Well, now you have. Get your tickets on the fly at TicketRaven.com. They provide customers with the opportunity to purchase tickets to today's most popular concerts, sporting events, and theater shows nationwide. Hey, want to get your Rangers tickets for the rest of this upcoming tankathon? Check. Range, uh, Yankees and Mets tickets coming up? Check. Broadway shows and concerts you want to see? Check. Got them. Fly on over. Get tick. I, you know, I've eaten a lot of crow on this podcast. This time we're using the Raven. Use code BSB to get a percentage savings on how much you spend on the tickets off. Listen, I'll check out email and be like, listen, I heard you on the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. I appreciate it. Let's get to the show. Got a lot going on today. Three guests. Oh, my goodness. Three guests to talk about all the potential trades the Rangers could make, some nonsense, and also some NFL uh, Super Bowl talk at the end, I'm assuming, where we'll Greg will probably have a Philly rant. You guys ready? I am too. Let's go. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I am here with my lovely, doubly, bumbly, stumbling, bubbling, rumbling, he may go all the way. Greg Kaplan, co-host, say hello. I've been so tired today that uh, when someone asked me about a fire at work, I said the house was litten, and that's kind of just been my entire day so far. That house is litten, my friend. I did it! I no! Don't, I don't, Why did I say my friend? Because you're the worst. I am. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, I, 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 I got three hours of sleep, and I've just been dying all day. It was not a fun day at work. This podcast is jam-packed with Rangers action. We have three different guests today. Where we're going to be Ooh, talking. Count them. What was that? I said count them. Okay, so we have uh, Leafs writer Arvin comes on to talk mm-hmm. about all the possible Leafs trades we have. We have Acharya from the Tampa Bay Raw Charge. And she's going to talk about Tampa Bay. And I forget the first guest's name who is uh, killing Sean her. Shapiro Sean Shapiro of The Athletic. Come They're, on, man. Uh, Sean Shapiro of The Athletic. What, what am I, a host of a podcast? Why am I doing this? Sorry, Sean. Sean Shapiro of The Athletic comes on to talk about uh, the Dallas Stars, the possible traits we have with them. Uh, we, we filmed that. Filmed that. We recorded that last Friday. And today, so we have three interviews in a row. But before we do all that, we're going to talk Rangers. And also, before we talk Rangers... I want to talk about how next Thursday, if you're in the New York City Ranger, New York City Ranger, Jesus Christ, can I even speak today? The New York City no. area in Midtown, you should come to Beer Authority to watch Rangers Islanders and cry with us in person. We will be there doing a Blue Shirts Breakaway slash Rangers Reddit meetup. Yeah, when we planned for this meetup, we thought this game would be a fun push towards the playoffs. The team would be playing well. There might be frustrations. There are always frustrations. And we'd be happy to talk about them with you. Now it really feels like a wake. It feels like we're going to be watching this game with friends being like, hey, it's going to be the member berry game. Remember when the Rangers were good? Remember when we were a playoff team? I remember. I remember. I remember when this team was supposed to be really good. The thing is, guys, the Islanders also not doing too well either, even though they're sort of in the quote unquote playoff race and they're going for it. But that team's also a goddamn mess. So this will be a, a fun time, at least to get to coming out with us, drink some beers. I took the next day off. 
Greg, so I'm definitely going to get a little bit of uh, fun time. Uh, if I'm in the city, you know I'm not working the next day, so you know I'm right there with you. I'm aware. So if you are looking to come meet us and hang out and probably get us to say pretty inappropriate things in front of you, you know where to find us. Next Thursday, that is February 15th, day after Valentine's Day. Love your loved ones. Love us the next day at Beer Authority in Midtown. Let's talk some Rangers. Let's talk some Rangers. This team is frustrating. And I'm not. We're not going to go. We're not going to go too much into the games. Uh, I I do, and I I want to make this promise to our fans and ourselves, Greg. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like this week and last week we kind of came on this podcast. We didn't do a lot of game talk. Do we? Here's the thing. Do we have to? I I, I wanted to. I I know. I know. We, we we don't have to. We don't. And but I I do want to not ignore I don't want to ignore games for the rest of the season just because the team is going to be awful. So here's here's the th- here's here's the thing. We don't have to ignore the game, but I think Ranger fans are for the first time in what feels like a decade. We're now at a point with the Rangers where the outcome of the game itself doesn't matter. There might be something that happens in the game that we need to talk about. For example, we should talk about the amount of hits the Rangers had to take against the Nashville Predators that were in my mind, vicious and should be suspension worthy. Like that's a talking point we should cover. What we don't need to, it doesn't matter that the Rangers lost five to two. Wins and wins do not matter for the New York Rangers. Anymore. I, I do want to keep talking about individual players play and, and going over that as the podcast goes. I, I agree with you that wins don't matter. Actually, later in this podcast, I say I'd like to lose every game because I'm in full tank mode. I'm driving this tank. And uh, well, does it suck to want to root for your team to lose? Yeah, I actually don't really know how to cope with it, except I want this number one pick so goddamn bad. And I, I know this team can't win a Stanley Cup, so why would we go to the playoffs? It's it's weird trying to be an educated fan in a in a league where you're like tanking's not totally encouraged, but semi. Yeah, and it's not even that I want the Rangers to lose every game. It's more that if the Rangers aren't going to bring up the kids, then there's really no point in trying to win. If the kids were here, then I would want the Rangers on a nightly basis to be as competitive as they can. And if it costs the Rangers the difference between the sixth pick and the eighth pick, so be it. My problem with this Ranger team is the way they are running players out there, the Cody McLeods, the Steve Campfers, if those guys are going to play significant minutes on any given night, I don't want to win. There's no, there's nothing to gain from winning those games. Yeah, Cody McLeod, McLeod and Camper are not part of whatever future the Rangers hold. Cody McLeod, so some, some enforcer, by the way, right? Jesus Christ. You, 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 the whole point of signing Cody McLeod is to make sure you guys don't get fucking hit. Brooks wrote like, a whole article like, like, hey, guess what? We have a real enforcer. Totally ignoring Tanner Glass, by the way. D- disrespectful to Tanner Glass. If I've ever, I am not the fr- guy to be like that's disrespectful to Tanner and Glass. But it but was. He was like, this is the first time the Rangers have had a real enforcer. Like, excuse me. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole point of signing Cody McLeod in the Rangers' warped mind is to make like, to protect the players on the ice. And they had two players assassinated against the Predators. Jimmy VC has a concussion, and Mark Stahl's career is in jeopardy because Alexei Emelin nearly murdered him. Yeah, and, like, and that, you, you signed McLeod to prevent that shit. All right, we're going to get to this more in a second, but I want to finish this point. I do think yeah. as the season goes on, we'll continue to try and review games to the best of our ability, despite the outcomes. That's all I'll say. Not that we've always been a big review games podcast. We're always usually a talking point kind of deal. But for right now, let's talk about the big points of the week, and we'll, we'll try not to. I don't want to. I just don't want to ignore certain games when a certain player goes off. I definitely want to talk about that. I don't want to do. Yeah, that. well, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the important Ranger storylines, which will definitely still include 
what the Rangers do on a nightly basis in the games they play. It's just if you guys are now coming for us to break down every win or loss, first, I don't think we've ever done that. So that's weird that you're now expecting us to do that. And two, the, the game just – it's not that they're not important. It's just the outcome – Win or lose is not critical at this juncture. And here we go with the quick game recap. The Leafs destroyed us. The game was over by the beginning of the second period, and everyone should have turned it off. It was embarrassing. The Rangers, as bad as the Rangers' defense has been, which has been terrible, When that, what you saw is when Hank has an off night. When Hank has an off night, this team isn't competitive. The only reason this team can be competitive on a nightly basis is because Henrik Lundqvist makes it so. And when Lundqvist doesn't make it so, you get the Leafs game. The Rangers couldn't prevent a single scoring chance from occurring and then couldn't create any scoring chances of their own. And then the Nashville that's game. That's not a good hockey team. The Nashville game is infuriating because that's a, that's a Nashville team that somehow, hev- not somehow, is heavily motivated to go back to the Stanley Cup. I think we both agree mm-hmm. there. They're mm-hmm. playing out of their minds and they're playing mm-hmm. vicious and aggressive. And guess what? They showed us and we weren't even fighting back really. We were like a dead, like like you know, the like uh, learned helplessness in psychology, like the the mouse that keeps shocking itself because it doesn't know anything else. That was us. We were just get yep. an AV sat on the bench, chewed his gum, and didn't scream and didn't yell while his players were getting absolutely mauled the entire night. And you know who fought for us? We have an enforcer. Do you know who fought for the team? Brady yeah, Shea. Brady Shea. Brady Shea. Yeah. Yeah, team enforcer Brady Shea, who I think has more fighting majors this year than anyone else on the range. Uh, you know what? Good for you, Brady Shea. Thank you for doing that because yeah. stand up for your fucking teammates. I don't Why is it so hard? It's not even just, I don't know. Uh, here's my thing. The players' performances, I thought, stood out in those two games. There weren't many. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo has been good since he came back from Hartford. I think classifying his play as anything but good would be either selling him short or giving him too much credit. He's been good. He's been what you want to see from Anthony D'Angelo now that he's up here and now that he's getting an opportunity to play more, uh, I hate that it's in spite of Kevin Shattenkirk, who's out hurt, and now it's going to be – look, as as much as we've given Mark Stahl shit on this podcast over the last two years, there are two things that I think are undeniable about Mark Stahl. First of all, that guy gave everything he possibly could for the New York Rangers. And like Dan Girardi, that Very should be applauded and respected. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Stahl left it all out on the ice just because – Mark Stahl's health and game deteriorated and Elaine Vigneault kept putting him in situations that didn't protect him as a hockey player, led us to criticize Mark Stahl's play, does not take away from the character and the man that is Mark Stahl. That guy deserves all the accolades for his career at the Rangers. Um, He's been fantastic from start to finish. And our angst with Mark Stahl, when you really get down to the bare bones of it, involves... His usage, which, again, falls on the coaching staff. as I, I think we said it even going into the season. There is a scenario where Mark Stahl can be – there was a scenario where Mark Stahl could have been a productive member of the Rangers lineup. It just might have involved a few healthy scratches, maybe not playing back-to-backs very often, and sheltering his minutes. If you do that – and to we don't give Elaine Vigneault credit for a lot of things on this podcast because there's just not a lot to give him credit for. He, but brought, this team, this he brought this season, team to a Stanley Cup. And made deep runs with it multiple times. There you go. There's no, the, but, there's the but earlier, this, earlier this season, Elaine Vigneault had Mark Stahl on the third line pairing, or third, just third pairing, Greg, you fucking moron. He had, <laughs> he had Mark Stahl on the third pairing and playing less minutes than he's played in years. And Mark Stahl was better. The thing that makes that frustrating is 
That was the answer two years ago. It shouldn't <laughs> have taken him two years to figure it out. Yeah, we all know. That's the, that's the whole thing. But look, again, Mark Stahl is great. I'm not – the fact that Mark Stahl is not going to be playing the next couple of games, I think, I, I he, it's been diagnosed with a cervical strain, and that sounds terrifying, and that hit was terrifying. Um, I want Anthony D'Angelo to get as much ice time as possible. I did not want Anthony D'Angelo to get ice time in spite of Kevin Shattenkirk and an injured Mark Stahl. If Mark Stahl's play didn't dictate him needing to be on the ice, then yes, Anthony D'Angelo should get time over him. I did not want an injury to Mark Stahl to create an opening for Anthony D'Angelo. With all that said, it would be awfully nice if the Rangers promoted one of Neil Pionk or Ryan Graves to fill Mark Stahl's spot in the Rangers lineup right now instead of Steve Camper. And it's not, look, we are not the only people saying this. A lot of Smarter people than you or I, Ryan, are saying the exact same thing. This isn't about Neil Pionk or Ryan Graves, in our minds, being ready for the NHL. This isn't about either of them putting up massive seasons in Hartford. It's not about that at all. It's about the fact that we know what the fuck Steve Camper is, which is bad. You beat me too. So let's try something different, which could be good. We're not saying it's going to be good. We're saying we need to find out what we have. At some point, you need to know what you have. And if it's not going to be in a season like this, where, as we mentioned before, the Rangers are no longer trying to win hockey. Well, yes, they're trying to win hockey games on a nightly basis, but no longer are those wins important on a nightly basis. Find out what you have in your young players. Call them up and play them. If Ryan Graves struggles mightily, and in his defense, whoever the Rangers bring up will probably struggle because of the players they're going to be playing with. It's basically the Hartford Wolfpack playing in the NHL right now. If we just need to know, we need to know what Ryan Graves, the individual can do. And it's, it's going to be an awkward slice to evaluate because the product around him will not be as ideal. It, it just doesn't make any sense to play Steve Camper. Right just now. try one. None. Like we're not going to keep Steve Camper. And if we do, I'll freak out for next year. Well, I don't know why we would do that. doesn't make any sense. And Steve, Steve Camper's perfect role is emergency defenseman in, in respect of, if Steve Camper is the guy you want to keep in the press box and someone comes down with the flu before the game and you just need to plug a defenseman into the lineup and you can't make a roster move, Got your back. that's Steve Camper. The Rangers have had two days to make a roster move and they've decided not to, which in my mind is just, it's mind-numbing. Well, let's it doesn't talk, make any let, sense. Let's talk quickly before we get to some of the trade talk. You know, as a fan right now, it's weird. I've seen a lot of fans on social media say, if you root for this team to lose, you're not a real fan. Dude, I'm just rooting for the best outcome for this team. I, I'm still a real Ranger fan just because I'm saying, hey, I don't want to win every game. Like, I'm still rooting for the Rangers. If the Rangers win, guess what? I'm still going to be happy. But I know the best way for this team to perform in the future is to accidentally get that first pick. Not that we will. The odds of us getting it are very, 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 very slim. But if it happens, you know how happy you'll be? You'll be way happier to have that guy on your team, Dolan, for the next six, seven years than if you won a random game on a Tuesday night or a Monday night right now as we're recording uh, against the Dallas Stars. Like, you, which one were you, yeah. would you want more? Seven years with him or that one win against Dallas? Like, you're not going anywhere. Where are you going? As, and this is why – one second. And this is why Philadelphia, like the 76ers tanked for so many years and the fans somehow got on board because they knew the end result was going to be years of happiness and now they have a superstar in Joel Embiid if he stays on the court – can be actually lead them to a second Philadelphia championship in the last, you know, forever. So there you go. As a veteran of a team that routinely stops playing competitive games once you get to a certain point in the season, 
the way you have to watch Ranger games now is not about the collective team effort. You have to individualize your games. You have to watch for certain things from certain players in order to get positive out of your games. For example, um, you need to see Kevin Hayes continue to develop the way he's developing. You need to see JT Miller make subtle improvements to his game. Brady Shea. Regardless, regardless of the outcome. You need to see Brady Shea take a more of a leadership role on the defense. You need to see Brandon Smith play hockey. <laughs> you need to see uh, Mika Zibanejad continue to flourish on the top line and on the power play. And you're watching and, Hank, a legendary goaltender. And you need to see Pavel Buchnevich return to health. Like you, you need your Ranger viewing is no longer can this team win a game. Your Ranger viewing is ne- should be are young players doing a, the right things on the ice, and are they creating scenarios where they can be part of the next good Ranger team? That that's how you have to view this team now. I, I like I, like I said earlier on in this podcast, not even five minutes ago, wins just don't matter anymore. It's not the point. The Rangers are not going to make the playoffs this year. I, we all need to accept that, and we all need to start moving on. That's not the goal of this Ranger season anymore, to win as many games as possible. Development. The, the goal of this season. Ranger season is now development. And the only way you can utilize development properly is by bringing up the players you need to see shit from. And that is not Steve Camford. It's Neil Pionk and Ryan Graves. And the answer, the by the way, is not to bring up Heedle and Leas. It's just not. They. I don't want to use their contracts up. Let them get as much playing time as possible in the AHL. Yeah, see, that whole thing still doesn't bother me. The fact that the Rangers are going to maintain the extra year of restricted free agency control on both players if they do come up. Like, I understand why we want the entry level to slide an additional year because it means they'll be cheaper for an additional year. But the Rangers already have seven years of control for them already, no matter if they come up now or they don't. Right. So that that doesn't change. If, if the Rangers are willing to pay Anderson and Heedle a year earlier than they would have, fine. The Rangers don't have a lot of money on the books long-term anyway. Um, so it's not exactly like it, – it's a money-saving move, but it's not going to break their back long-term. They will be up in the last nine games of the season, both of them. I, I don't know about Heedle. I don't think Heedle's coming up again this year. You don't think so? Anderson, yeah, I don't know about Heedle. Why, out of curiosity? Well, he's, he's battled – I mean, Anderson has too, but Heedle's been in and out of the lineup in Hartford for various ailments. Uh, the fact that Heedle's already gotten some games under his belt in the NHL this year, so – Three totally? He, yeah, so he just would only be able to play a few less games than Anderson. I, it just – it doesn't seem to me that Heedle is going to come up. And quite honestly, I don't know if Anderson's going to come up. Anderson hasn't exactly blown the doors off of Hartford. No. And again, that's not a criticism of Leas Anderson. We're talking about an 18-year-old center from Sweden trying to make the transition from a European style of hockey to a North American style of and hockey. And a European style of living to a, a North American style of living. It's, right. a, it's a whole right. different thing. In Hartford. Exactly. No. Exactly. The, the kid is going to have growing pains. I expect him to have growing pains. That's why you want him to have the growing pains in Hartford, where they're more – I don't uh, mm. I was going to say more controlled, but I don't think that's the right word. No, it's, it's more not. of – he has more room for error in Hartford. He's not going to get blown up by Alexei Emelin in Hartford. Agree. Let's move on and talk about Hank saying he look he knows that this team might be tanking or whatever this team becomes. He wants to retire a New York Ranger. 
And guess what? He's going to because he's the only one that controls his future. Exactly. And by he's, the way, he's, that's perfectly fine. And he deserves it yeah, and he's earned, he's earned it. it. He's earned it. Absolutely. Whatever Henrik Lundqvist wants to do, Henrik Lundqvist gets to do. It's it's that simple. If Henrik Lundqvist changes his mind and says he wants to go to the Philadelphia Flyers, I'm confused by that. <laughs> but Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist doesn't owe us anything. No. He doesn't owe the organization anything. He's He's gotten everything that he's wanted. He's earned it. And then some. He's been the heart and blood of this Ranger team for the last decade. And whatever he wants to do is cool by me. So if he wants to retire a Ranger, let's go. We're going to retire him as a Ranger. And it's nice and It's nice to have Henrik through a tank. And, <laughs> and quite honestly, guys, we keep saying tank. This really could just be six months. Oh, I was, that was my next point. It could just be the season, guys. Like, yeah, it's not it, like This could just be a one-year thing. We, get, we, get, we restock the farm system. We got kids coming up. We still have a lot of talent on this team. Like, a lot. We can make a run next year. I really don't see why we couldn't. I really the don't. only players that we're going to be talking about over the next couple weeks that have control under contract for beyond this season are Ryan McDonough and Matt Zuccarello. And both are either 30 or approaching 30. And the Rangers need to have long, hard questions about if these guys are guys they want to extend long-term anyway. And I don't know, so if, the, I don't know if Ryan McDonough has that answer, to be honest. So we'll find out. We're not, we're not going to talk about trading Chris Kreider. We're not going to talk about trading Mika Zibanejad. We're not going to talk about trading Pavel Buchnevich. Um, I, honestly, I'll, I'll never talk the, about that in case you're wondering. The, the conversations about trading JT Miller and Kevin Hayes, those are conversations we're going to have to have in the summer, and they have nothing to do with tanking. Those are strictly do the Rangers have the money to extend both these players kind of conversations. Um, so we're probably not even going to talk about them come this deadline. Probably not. Uh, we, we've teased it, but we, we talk a lot about the Stars, the Lightning, and the Leafs today. Next week, our goal is to talk about uh, the Predators and the Winnipeg Jets. If nothing happens. And if nothing happens between now and then. And obviously, if something happens between now and then, we will have Ryan emergency. and I will jump on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. We'll bring on the people we need to bring on. But our goal for the next uh, three weeks between now and the trade deadline is to talk to as many people as possible who aren't Ranger fans and are following other teams that the Rangers are going to be connected with and figure the fuck out what the Rangers can actually get. And then March, because March there 5th, lot, there are a lot of players. Oh, there are a lot of players we would like, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're going to get them. And I think that's an important distinction for all of us moving forward. And it's, it's, it's always, it's always nice to be, have a reality check to be like, okay, what's actually in play here? Yeah. There are plenty of players around the NHL that I wish the Rangers could acquire. But when it, in my mind, the only way for us to get through the trade deadline without assuming every trade is a bad trade is knowing what the realistic expectations are. And that's what we're going to try and do for the next couple of weeks. And then well, I'm going to be in Chicago for the 26th, which is the deadline. So we're going to try and do an emergency podcast that night, rope-a-dope style. I have no idea how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to figure it out. And then on March 5th, exactly a month from now, we're going to record on a Monday night the State of the Rangers. Uh, podcast. So and we'll have a shit ton of people for that one too. Shit ton. So they st- don't, so many people they don't even know they're going to be on. They the podcast. actually don't even know. They have no idea. Woj has no idea it's coming on that podcast yet. Fitzy has no idea he's coming on that podcast. Well, and honestly, Joe Fortunato has no idea he's probably coming on that podcast. He has no idea he's coming on that podcast, but they all are. So good news. Uh, last thing, what before we go to all these interviews, this is the longest episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway ever. I do want to talk quickly about. Rick Nash's trade list and sort of how Friedman already said that 
that he thinks that Rick Nash and Grabner are coming back to the Rangers next year? Well, yeah, they're going to pull the Jay Bruce, which is what that is. No one else the has Chapman. ever done it in the history of New York sports. The Chapman also? Uh, no, it's just the Jay Bruce. I don't oh, know okay. what you're talking about. Um, yeah, this is something we've talked about multiple times before. And I think I still think it's more realistic to look at Rick Nash as a guy that could come back to the Rangers because he just he checks off. Look, fuck you if you don't like Rick Nash. And this is directed directly at you huh. a little bit, Ryan. Me? Because you were on this bandwagon for the longest time. And it's <laughs> I'm not on that bandwagon. I like Rick Nash. I just don't think he was ever a super duper star. Yeah, fuck you. Um, okay. Rick Nash checks so many boxes. The Rangers are going to miss him more than, say, I'm trying to think of a player that would fall for whatever. I think the Rangers may miss Rick Nash as much or more than they miss Chris Kreider. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think, so they're, si- I think they're similar players of superstardom. Fine, whatever. I'm not here to have that discussion. I, you I'm know just, me, I hate having the elite discussion uh, with anybody. I'm it's, right here to dumb. have it with you, my friend. Rick Nash checks off so many boxes that if he wants to come back to the Rangers next season, absolutely. Because the Rangers will – he makes the Rangers a better team on a nightly basis. Whether he's uh, back-checking – I can't argue that. penalty kill. Rick Nash makes the Rangers a better hockey team. So if Rick Nash wants to come back to the Rangers next year – depending on the length and the term and all that mumbo-jumbo, absolutely. Oh, man. But the fact that Rick Nash wants to come back is more reason to trade him. <laughs> Go get pieces and then bring him right back. And the, That's perfect. You know how That's great. You know how you know Rick Nash is coming back? Here we go. Yeah, his kid. Rick Nash. I have no idea how I'm going to explain to my son that he can't cheer for the Rangers. They definitely went th- That definitely went through my head. Every time he sees a goal, he starts singing the song, It's Tough. Yeah, he's coming back, guys. <laughs> Rick, Nash, <laughs> Rick Nash is going to go on sabbatical for a couple months, and then in July he's coming right back. Yeah. So I, 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 I just – this is more reason to trade him. If you know he's coming back, and I, I have a hard time believing that Jeff Gordon hasn't had the conversation. If Jeff Gordon is asking for his trade list, Jeff Gordon has also asked him, hey, by the way. Do you want to come back? He's been returning after the season. Like they, I'm not saying that they're tampering and they have an agreement already in place. But it's foolish to think that the conversation hasn't been. They had. definitely asked. I can't. So I, trade him. Go get yourself a first round pick for Rick Nash, and then bring him back this summer. And now, not only do you have Rick Nash again, you have that first round pick. That's great. I can't imagine it, it doesn't happen. All right, let's go over to our three interviews in a row. Gee, easy, crazy. You guys have outdone yourself. We really have. Thanks. And then uh, we'll come back, do a little bit of Super Bowl talk, and a little bit of who the f is Blue Shirts Breakaway, and call this one over. I'm not. I'm gonna just say transition, and then I'm not gonna. It's gonna be just three interviews in a row. I was gonna edit little noises in between, but I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. I love you all. Here we go. Bye bye. Here, interviews. Time. Transition. Hey, we're back. We're the first guest of the day. I have Sean Shapiro of the Athletic to talk to us about the possibilities of trading with the Dallas Stars, a much better team than the New York Rangers at this point in time. Sean, say hello. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Listen. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the Rangers right now not in the greatest of periods and have some players to sell off. Those players include players such as Matt Zuccarella and Ryan McDonough. Tell me what's going on with the Stars right now and what might match up for us. Well, so the timing of this time of us talking here actually works out pretty well, especially since the uh, the Rangers come to Dallas on uh, on Monday here. Um, but uh, Stars are in kind of a spot where they're – as I'm sure your listeners are well aware, the Central Division in the Western Conference right now, it's just... Murderer's Row. He's a meat grinder. Yeah, Murderer's Row, meat grinder, who's whatever. 
whatever you want to say, basically, if there is a, uh, you could have 17, in theory, you could have six, seven teams deserving of a playoff spot and only five teams you can really make it out of that division. Stars have kind of been nestled in that wild card spot for a while, but uh, yet yet to be able to kind of jump into the the top three and yet to be able to separate themselves from the bottom. So kind of uh, when it comes to the stars, it's kind of an interesting situation where there's kind of that, you're kind of looking for that move that what's the thing that can help us because I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to jump into the top three. Obviously there's still lots of time. There's still 30 games left, but what's that kind of thing that allows them to give them that separation from the right now, there's only two points ahead of Colorado. They're only three points ahead of Minnesota. What's kind of that move that kind of help them be that a little bit of that kind of complete team that can make sure they are at least within that top five. Um, and then maybe even climb to that top three. And that's where this team is right now. Um, and it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of an interesting it's kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition where they are just because I'm sure as you guys uh, know with the Rangers Lindy Ruff was the coach here before and Stars yeah. look like a completely different team. Sean, get Stars look like yeah. the hell is wrong with you? Why did you do that to us? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you put you put that evil on us, Ricky Bobby. Um, I'm sorry. So let, let's let's get right into it. When I first reached yeah, out yeah. to you, Sean, I actually thought. Ryan McDonough was a guy that was going to interest Dallas a little bit. But in talking with you, it sounds like a scoring winger, maybe more right up the Stars' alley at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, the Stars right now, that's, that's the biggest need. Defensively, the, uh, the Stars really – defensively, they're pretty solid right now. And that's something where between – they've got their top pairing of Estelle Lindell and John Klingberg, and then the pairing that I think kind of flies under the radar across the league is Stan Hamhuis and Greg Patteron, who – before the season, if you had told, if I had told you Dan Hamhuis and Greg Patteron would be one of the more effective shutdown pairs in the NHL, well, I would have just screwed with myself as well. I mean, Dan Hamhuis has been, uh, we thought maybe the game was passing him by. Greg Patteron's a guy who was in Montreal and really nobody wanted him. And then the Stars got him in a trade last year. And on top of all that, they, they, they also have Mark Mathot still coming back from injury. So just defensively, to me, I think there's no, there's no move on that front but they really need depth scoring. The Stars are a team that uh, they've got their big top line of Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, and they're really fun to watch. But there's nights where if they're not going, no one else is going. And you need need that guy. You need need another guy who can kind of fit into that top six or another another winger who can put the puck in the net because they're not getting it from the guys who they thought might be able to jump into that role and really haven't seized it this year. And obviously, the Rangers have a couple guys, most notably Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello, that could probably fit that criteria for the Stars. There are a couple names that have been bouncing around Ranger fans' minds when it comes to trades with the Stars, and I'm I'm curious to get your opinion if either of these guys are attainable in any trade. The first, of course, is Heskinen, third overall pick last year, star defensive prospect in the Stars system. Is there any player on the Rangers roster that could net the Rangers in return, Heskinen? Uh, I don't think so. Especially not in the especially not in the rental market. I mean, you'd have to for them to for for Heskinen to be included in a deal. It's 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 a big it's that's a big deal. Um, I think you go back to Heskinen being thrown around kind of reminds me of when. Uh, when Cam Talbot was in the uh, when Cam Talbot was with the Rangers and um, the uh, and there were and the, and the Stars actually were kind of looking at potentially trading for him and 
one of the one of the main pieces that the Rangers wanted back was Julius Honka at the time, and that was just completely. And for Jim Starr's general manager, Jim, no, that was completely off the books. And so I think Heiskanen, I think it's. I, I really I look at the Rangers roster right now. I'm looking at. I don't see any player. I don't see any player that you could say the Stars would make that deal. I just they're not they're not going to make that type of move. The second name I was going to bring up was actually going to be Honka. Um, do you see anything there, even if if it's a rental trade? And of course, Zuccarello, he's got a year and a half, so it's not a traditional rental. But does Honka fit anywhere in terms of trade value with the Rangers? I actually think he does now because of Heishkin. Heishkin's kind of made him a bit more expendable, and the Stars' defense this year um, has kind of Honka's has not really taken has not really seized that role everyone thought he was going to be, and he's still kind of stuck in that in and out again. He's still only 22. Um, but with John Klingberg being John Klingberg only being 25, you've got, uh, you've got Steven Johns is only 25. And then you, you start to, you start to look at long-term if they were going to have Heishkinen in, um, does, does Honka become, Honka becomes a little bit more expendable, which basically because of the addition of Heishkinen, um, I don't think he'd be, I don't think they'd be willing to part with him for someone like Nash, but I think he, with for Zuccarello, with a guy who's got another year, um, a guy who, with uh, has could kind of really fill that 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 role that they're looking for in the top six. I, I think you could start to have a conversation there with Zuccarello and Honka. That could that could be the start of a conversation. Of course, things on the Rangers side are kind of hush hush. Our front office, yeah. You say say what you want about our front office's actual management of assets and such, but. They're fantastic at squashing any kind of rumors, and the only re- rumors that we get out are stuff that they want out. Are you hearing anything mm-hmm. on the Dallas side of things that suggests the Rangers and Stars may be discussing possible trades at this time? Not hearing anything right. So right now, there's there's two factors with the Stars in general coming to this dead uh, coming into the deadline. Um, the one thing is the one the big kind of the big elephant in the room uh, has been the Martin Hansel signing this year for everything. The stars did well this season. Um, Alexander Radulov has been great. Um, Alexander Radulov has been great bringing in Ben Bishop's been good, but that Martin Hansel signing of three years, 4.75 million per year. Um, he's just been, and he's missing so much of the year for injury. The, he, his health, I really think, kind of depends on his health over the next two weeks really depends, I think, whether the Stars are going to make a move because I think the Stars believe, um, I may not agree with them, but they believe that he can be a player that really makes that makes them can kind of fill that role when fully healthy, and they don't think they really have him fully healthy this year. Um, and so I think if they can get him back and he's looking healthy, then they may stand pat. But personally, it's Martin Hansel. He averages 60 games a year. He's always injured. So um, and I think as it gets kind of closer to crunch time and as the market moves, I really think there'll be, I, I think there'll be something for a top six, wing, six winger. I don't know if the stars will actually pull the deal off, but they'll definitely be in the conversation. And I think Zuccarello is kind of one of those guys. He's one of the, one of the top guys available. And that's, we know Jim Nill's not afraid to kind of pull the trigger on those. Moves. He, I know that's a convoluted answer, but Jim has done, does a pretty good job of playing close to the vets as well, but it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't uh, go against, it wouldn't be unbelievable to see that. That's that's fair. I just wonder, even if the Stars think Hansel's going to be healthy and they, they still want to add some scoring, if Michael Grabner isn't a name, they kick around for mm-hmm. some lesser pieces just because 
it, that it's a much more easier contract to negotiate into a salary cap structure, and it still provides yeah. speed and scoring that the stars may not have on roster, even with a healthy Hansel. No, and Grabner's a, Grabner's a guy I was actually about to bring up. He's a guy who I think kind of – he fits where he can I – mean, you guys seen him – you've seen him more than I, but I can kind of – if he can correct me, I mean, he's a guy who kind of – you can play him in a couple different spots. He doesn't need to be – with his speed, he can play with a couple different guys. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, no, he can. And, um, yeah, and so he uh, – and so I think for – the ask on him, I don't know if you're getting the prospect back, but I'm sure the Rangers are looking to load up on picks, and the Stars, the Stars actually have a good amount of picks, um, not nearly the uh, the Vegas amount of picks that the Golden Knights have, but they've got they've got a they got a couple extra picks available, um, and I think you could see something like that for Grabner. He's a guy that, um, especially especially with how especially with how cheap he'd be and how easy he would be to fit under the cap. I think he'd be pretty cheap right now at this point in time. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I honestly think a second-round pick does the trick with Michael Grabner these days. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm still – like, I look back to the fact that I still – I'm still amazed two years ago – not two years ago, last year, that the Stars got a second-round pick for Patrick Eves. Um, so I kind of look at it where maybe uh, there's something – and that actually turned into a first-round pick amazingly. So I look at it as maybe – Maybe something if, – if you're New York and you're looking for best-case scenario, maybe you can try and flip something on what the Stars did to Anaheim last year where you try and get a, a second and try and get a condition in there to get into a, get it as a first. But uh, I don't – I think that's uh, that's probably best-case scenario there, than, in my opinion, for from, from the New York side. Yeah, I'm a little curious on your opinion of one thing, though. I mean, it's easier for us Ranger fans. Obviously, there are players we want to unload, uh, especially our unrestricted mm-hmm. free agents. Do you get the sense that the market might be a little oversaturated right now? Maybe there are more sellers than there are buyers. Yeah, um, I think there's. It's just with so many teams close and so many teams. If you, if you're a GM that's selling, it's the year to. I mean, you never want to be. You never want to be. You never. We never want to be selling. You always want to be in the playoffs, obviously. But this is the year that if you're a GM to sell, there's so many teams are are in it. I mean, if you're going, if the Rangers were to try and make a trade with a team in the West, there's really, there's only three teams in the West that probably aren't going to be looking to add at the deadline, frankly. I mean, the Chicago is kind of closed teetering. We'll see what happens with Chicago, but, and then, I mean, it's just, there's so many teams in it. And I think because of that, people are going to, you're going to be able to get into some bidding wars if you kind of find that right patience there. And, I think the Rangers have actually done the smart thing in this and kind of kind of making it public knowledge that they are selling and they're looking to, to go because I think it's, it kind of creates a bit of that. It kind of creates a bit of that uh, perception where you can get teams to bid against each other and you can, when you're negotiating, you can ask it, you can say, well, okay, well, this guy's available, but we're hearing this and this. I, I think the Rangers have actually, you never want to be in a position of selling, but if it works, it, it's the year for how they're handling it and, it actually works. It's it's literally a, ne- a now or never situation for us where we have players coming off the books and some players of value that we can kind of get rid of while still maintaining a young core. If we don't sell now, I'm not sure when we would. Is Rick Nash someone that the Stars are interested in or maybe you've heard any buzz about him? Um, I don't I think the thing with Nash is because you're still going to have uh, off just because I, I think he'll be at roughly I'm, my math's not very good, but with his 7.8, I think it'll still be around 2.3, 2.5. My math's not very good, but we're not math guys how much either. space he'll still. 
Yeah, yeah. So either way, so the the math gets a bit tr- bit tricky with him. Um, the other thing with him, I think he, uh, I think the stars would, if if they don't, I think Zuccarello would be first on their eye. I think there's some other guys across the league that would come up first, but I think Nash is a guy who might be on the stars list if they miss out on a guy who's higher on on Nils' list just because of the cost and uh, just what uh, kind of see what what comes into play. I mean now. Rick Nash playing. Yep. The other thing with Rick Nash too is, I don't think he's back with the Stars. The Stars don't bring him back next year, so I think they they're looking at him as a pure rental. Well, some of those other guys we talked about, I think Jim Nill would be interested in re-signing him, so they would hold more value from a Dallas perspective. Someone like maybe a Vander Kane. Yeah, I think I think they would. I think they would definitely. Uh, Vander Kane is definitely a guy they they look at, um, and that's the guy who, once again, fits that top six role and. Much, I mean, no matter how you put it together, if he's doing, if Evander Kane's doing what he can do in Buffalo, if you put him on a line, whether it's a secondary line behind that Stars big line, or if you come kind of mesh it and mix it up a bit, you put him with one of those top three guys on the Stars, and he becomes even more dangerous. Um, it's uh, and then the other guy that just kind of becomes a name that I'm, I don't, it might be a bit of a, I'm not sure if it works well enough, but the other name is just you see, I wonder if the Stars look at Pacioretty, um just because there, there might be some, they, they might take a look at the potential there. There's Radulov and Pacioretty's past chemistry in Montreal, um, and there could be, maybe there's something that that you could work there. Um, so that's uh, that's 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 kind of that's the market's kind of interesting, just because it's uh, as as you said before, it's we don't know, it's hard. Some teams are gonna. Some teams have to make a decision on whether they are actually buyers or sellers because they're right kind of at that edge. And not every team has been as publicly about announcing that, obviously, as you guys know, as the Rangers. Yeah. So, best case scenario for the Stars, they add a scoring winger. How how much of a threat in your mind do you see them in terms of a Stanley Cup run this year? Are they are they a top three team in the West? Do they do the Predators have something to worry about in Dallas if a move is made here by the Stars? So this, the stars have there's there's two things about the stars that are kind of I'm gonna I think the stars are actually better if they end up going through the Pacific because for whatever reason they just struggle in their own division they struggle against Winnipeg they struggle against Nashville they struggle against St Louis but they're one of the only teams that's won in Vegas this year they've, they've actually beat Vegas pretty handily three nothing in Vegas they played well against San Jose they beat Anaheim I I think I think their team actually who and now they're going to obviously try and get as high into the standings as possible. I think if they can be a wild card and play in the Pacific and then only have to uh, worry about the Central once they get to the the, the uh, conference final, I think they're actually in – you got to – I wouldn't be uh, – I wouldn't put too much past them. And also, yes, I have to take the Ken Hitchcock uh, factor into effect where he plays a style that it's not the most uh, entertaining style, but if you get a lead in the playoffs, he closes games out. Um, so – I it really I think if they end up having to go through the central, I I think they may they could be bounced in the first round just based on what's happened against their division this year. But if they ended up going through the Pacific, I think they have a better chance actually. I got you. Uh, before we let you go, Sean, we know or I know at least the Athletic is getting close to expanding in Dallas. Wanted to give you a chance to plug that out a little bit, get people excited, all that good stuff because it's coming here to New York at the same time. Yeah, actually, so it was announced, uh, we're talking here on Friday, it was announced on February 1st, Athletic is coming to uh, Dallas, uh, New York, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, obviously, is not uh, not that that's going to get hockey fans excited, but uh, <laughs> we've got here, here here in Dallas, 
We've uh, we launched February 12th. I believe New York also launches the same day. Um, and it's a uh, it's an exciting it's an exciting endeavor. It's uh, I'm I obviously I'm got I, I, I'm excited about it because I have a uh, have a full time job there now. And it's uh, but it's 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 kind of a cool thing to see for from a Dallas perspective. And you guys don't have this in New York because obviously there's a bigger media market. But just it's kind of cool in Dallas to see another media entity ready to cover the stars kind of on a full-time basis right now in the past we've had and i i prior worked for and still worked up until up until the athletic opens up february 12th i worked as a contractor for nhl.com um but prior to that kind of it was kind of the only independent media was the local newspaper so it's kind of cool to see the coverage i'm personally excited to see just the fact that hockey's getting a little bit more dedicated coverage and obviously i'm pumping pumping my own tires a bit because that's me but it's uh it's it's uh it's kind of an exciting thing and uh you guys obviously have it have it coming to New York, and I know uh, they've made some good hires there, and it should be. Uh, I think I think it's just it's better. I think competition across coverage is is better for all of us, and I also think it's good to see media companies actually willing to add right now, and that's the thing that I'm excited most excited about. So. We're excited for the athletic to finally contact us, man. It's been a long time coming, <laughs> and we've only been waiting. I don't know since they opened, so that's good. Um, but yeah. seriously, good luck. That's an awesome opportunity. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, Sean, now that you've plugged everything, I appreciate you coming on. I hope we end up trading with you and taking some of your best prospects, honestly. Uh, I, I really would like yeah. some of them because we have almost zero. Thanks for coming on, buddy. I'm sure we'll talk to you in the future if we ever have a big Stars game going on. Good luck. Yeah, sounds good. You guys, yeah, you guys have a good one. Thank you. Thanks again, Sean. Bye-bye. And we're back with another guest for today. We have Arvin, who's been on the show before. Arvin, you're from PensionPlanPuppets.com. You're here to talk. Some trades with us. Arvin, say hello. Hey, I'm very happy to be back. Welcome back, man. I knew you'd have you back. You were on a legendary episode last time. Welcome back for another legendary episode. Uh, listen, the Rangers, have you heard not so good? I, I more than heard it. I saw it the last time the Leafs played them. Oh, you mean the, oh, yeah. the 4 0 demolishment? <laughs> you guys yeah. laid on us? Yeah, yeah. that was. Uh, the, to me, it seemed, the defense just seemed really, really bad. And granted, Kevin Shattenkirk was out. But it's the defense was was bad. And I'm a Leafs fan, so I know bad defense. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring up bad defense because the first person we want to talk to you about is our best defender, Ryan McDonough. I think I, I, it's funny because I don't think media. I haven't seen Friedman. I haven't seen Johnston. I haven't seen um, McKenzie connect McDonough to the Leafs. But it seems to be. The Toronto Maple Leafs and New York Rangers are the popular marriage of choice by the fans, uh, which is why we wanted to bring you on to kind of clarify in your mind, or at least on the Leafs' end, the relationship between the Leafs' deadline needs and Ryan McDonough. First and foremost, is Ryan McDonough a player the Toronto Maple Leafs desperately need to make a long Stanley Cup playoff run? Um, in some ways, yes. In others, no. I, I expect that the Leafs will have kicked the tires on him, as every team surely would. McDonough is, in my opinion, an excellent player, and I think in the, the opinion of pretty much every hockey fan out there, he is a very, very good player, and he he's on a very nice deal, very team-friendly deal as well. Um, and in that sense, he is very, very attractive as a trade ship, especially for a team that does not have good defense like the Leafs. That said, I do not think that the Leafs are significant players for him. I get the same vibe as well. It's, it really comes down to the fact that Ryan just, he plays the wrong side of the defense for the Leafs, right? 
Exactly. So he he's a left-handed defenseman, and that's where the Leafs' two best defenders also play in Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner. So acquiring McDonough would mean that either one of them has to play on the right side or uh, one of them gets demoted to the third pair, at least nominally. And that would that would definitely be Gardner as he's uh, been the third best of those uh, this year. And that's kind of suboptimal in of itself. But let's let's for a second think of a fantasy world where Ryan McDonough is a player the Leafs not only want to acquire but have some impotence to do it. The names that Ranger fans dream about are Alex Nylander and Mitch Marner. Tell me why that's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, this is this has become a very common thing. Um Whenever anyone discusses any sort of trade with the Leafs, the two guys to bring up are William Nylander and Mitch Marner. Oh, William. I don't know why I said Alex. I'm an uh, idiot. Don't worry. Um, well, we all do that, Greg. It's okay. Yeah. Just another <laughs> example of it. It's fine. It's all right, bud. Yeah. So I, I understand why fans would do that because, you know, you see, you see the Leafs and they have a pretty talented forward group and kind of a gaping hole on defense. And you're like, okay, well, they're strong at the wing. They could – if if – any team could stand to lose a player like Nylander or Marner, it would be them. The, the, the problem is, I think people kind of conflate the idea of a prospect and a young NHLer who happens to be very good. right? And someone at, at Pension Plan Puppets actually wrote about this very recently. I'm going to kind of borrow from that because I think it summarizes it really well. Uh, young, top-level NHL forwards do not get traded often, except by Peter Chiarelli. That's literally the only time it happens. And when it does happen, it's usually for another player in the same age bracket or younger. So uh, Jonathan Drouin for Mikhail Sergachev or uh, Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson. Johansson uh, was 24 at the time of the trade, I think. And then Jones was like 21. So those are the types of trades where it's like kind of one for one deals that kind of come out of nowhere sometimes and are pure hockey trades. The age gap between Nylander or Marner and McDonough make it so that it's it's completely unpalatable from a Toronto point of view to get older, more expensive, and you know uh, get rid of a player who is very very key to our team as both Nylander and Marner are. Are there play? I guess to try and put it in uh, a little perspective, well, I, you did a great job there. Is there a player in the NHL Nylander or Marner in your mind could be traded for? Like who? Who in your mind would the Leafs need to get back in order to justify trading one of those? And teams? you can't trade to yourself because you already have Matthews, so that's good. Job. <laughs> I mean, you, obviously, every player in the world you would trade for someone like McDavid, yes. right? right? So I mean, throwing out things like that, it would have to be basically the defenseman version of Nylander or Marner. So someone like uh, Charlie McAvoy or Zach Gorensky, and to be clear, Boston and Columbus, they would not take those deals, right? But, that's the type of deal that Toronto would have to make in order for it to be okay. It has to be a deal that's kind of so obviously lopsided or a deal where you trade a very good young winger for a very good young defenseman. And those, you know, those are very rare. In the, in the same mold we're talking about. So we can rule out Nylander and Marner. It's not going to happen. Another player Ranger fans are enamored with and myself included, because I would personally love to acquire this guy. I just don't think it's possible. The next name that gets brought up often is Timothy Lilligren. Yeah, so so Lilligren is he's interesting. Um, I, I think in a weird way, Lilligren is almost more movable in like a year or two if his development doesn't kick off the way everyone hmm. may expect it to. 
I, I can't see them trading him now because they just drafted him, you know, last June and we're presumably very happy with him then. That's why you draft a guy in the first round. He's been in the AHL ever since, and he's played quite well in the AHL on a very dominant AHL team. So there, there's been, like, everything's tracking well for Lilligren. And I, it's, again, it's hard for me to see them trading for, trading him at least right now. I think if you're going to trade Lilligren, you have to trade him for someone with, like, no question marks, right? So someone, in the event that you trade him as part of a package for, a top pairing defenseman that defenseman would have to you know check all the boxes be right-handed be you know no questions about his play have a good enough contract or at least you know some sort of cost certainty beyond this year it, it would have to be a deal that's again too good to pass up and I mean if it sounds like the Leafs are hesitant to just make any move at all I I think that's kind of the case I think they're just they're not going to make I think it's very very unlikely that they're going to make a move where they give up one of their significant youngsters the only one that seems somewhat movable to me is Kasperi Kapanen. And he was the next guy I was going to bring up because we were going to transition to, all right, we've talked about the two guys that seem completely unattainable. Lilligren, the guy who you could maybe kind of see it, but even then still is unlikely. And now we bring up Kapanen, who in by all accounts, if the Rangers were to move Ryan McDonough to the Leafs, he seems like the centerpiece of a trade. Yeah, I, th- I think the Rangers would not accept any trade with a where the centerpiece was someone worse than Kapanen. Talk right? to us like, about talk 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 to us about him a little bit because it's a name Ranger fans have seen, but I'd be surprised if a lot of Ranger fans necessarily know what kind of player he is. Us included. Sure. Okay. So Kapanen is he's currently with the Leafs. He's playing on our fourth line right now. Uh, and he looks pretty much frankly very overqualified for fourth line work. Uh he's not had too much of a shot in the NHL uh, for an extended period of time. This might actually be the longest extended stretch he's going to be getting, but he is someone who is very much an NHL level player. Uh, When you look at his numbers at the AHL level, uh, both last year and this year, he's hovering around a point per game as a 20 and 21 year old. So very strong AHL numbers. He's considered one of the better players in the AHL. Uh, Corey Pronman of the athletic had this piece uh, go up a couple, maybe a couple days ago or a week ago where he surveyed AHL players and asked, okay, who's the best player in the AHL? And a number of them answered Kasperi Kapanen. And that's that's impressive, you know, to be one of the best players, if not the best player in the AHL when you're that young. Right. Uh, in terms of style of play, he has extreme speed, like Grabner-style speed. He is very, very fast. And that's kind of his calling card. Uh, and he uses that speed in a lot of ways. He is not only quite talented offensively, but he plays on the penalty kill. He... Uh, is engaged physically. He's not really a wallflower by any means. Uh, he's not he's not a power forward, of course, but he he's a guy who is very, you know, quite complete offensively. And I think has a middle six or top six upside at the NHL level. So I, I think if his development breaks right, he can become a 20-goal, 50-point player. Oh, well, he will pair perfectly on our fourth line with Pavel Buchnevich under LA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did want to ask about that because... I mean, I watch a bit of Rangers hockey, and Buchnevich is always a guy I like watching, and it seems like he's perennially in Vigneault's doghouse. I don't, I don't understand it. Well, I have, gra- I have great news for you, Arvid. Neither do we. <laughs> it, it is, without a doubt, maybe our number one complaint about Elaine Vigneault on a constant basis. Uh, it's uh, by far even. It's, it's by far the number one. It's actually not even close. 
that's 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 also fair. The, Arvin, we've spent a lot of time with McDonough. Obviously, he's not the only player the Rangers are dangling. Um, we have Rick Nash, who today submitted his no-trade list. We don't know if the Leafs are on it. Uh, former Leaf great Michael Grabner, who you brought up earlier, is available. <laughs> and we'd be remiss not to bring up old favorite, an actual right-handed defenseman that's playing top-line minutes in New York, Nick Holden. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll pass on Nick Holden. That's, what? That's Arvin. He's a, a top-pairing defenseman. Uh, I think you're missing out here. But anyway. So th- th- those guys are interesting. I'm, I I think Nash still has a good amount to offer. I don't know if he makes sense for Toronto as a trade target. But if I'm Toronto, I think I'd actually kind of be interested in him in the free agent market after the season. Uh, mm-hmm. James Van Riemsdyk on, on our left wing, is uh, his contract is expiring. I think Nash can fulfill a similar role. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Nash as a player, but... As a rental, I'm not sure if Toronto is the best fit. And the same for Grabner. I think that's partially because the Leafs are kind of, they're in this weird spot where they're pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs because of how bad the division below them is. But they're also, you know, heavy underdogs to make it out of the Atlantic because of how good Boston and Tampa Bay are. Mm-hmm. So rentals are sort of, sort of weird in that Toronto doesn't need to, strengthen in order to get a playoff spot and if they don't strengthen enough you're still not really going to trouble boston or tampa bay so unless unless a player is really going to set you over the top i'm not sure it makes sense for toronto to do that and nash who i i I love as a player and grabner who i I was actually a big fan of you know during his time in toronto he couldn't he couldn't score at all he had the the worst shooting percentage i think of his career you know among them when he was in toronto Despite that, I like him as a player. But neither of them set Toronto over the top uh, in a way that would make them the favorite over Boston or Tampa Bay. Would you feel differently about Matt Zuccarello in that same uh, frame of mind? A little, yeah. Because Zuccarello, his contract goes to next year as well, right? That's correct. Correct. Yeah, and it's it's like $4 million or so, which is, a, I think, pretty pretty reasonable for a guy of his quality. I, I'm... I'm a fan of his game. Uh, his contract is nice. Again, like like Nash, if we got him in as a free agent, um, he would help bridge the potential loss of James Van Riemsdyk, and he would certainly be our best left wing. Um, we, the Leafs are very, very strong on wing, but it's actually mostly concentrated on the right side. Uh, Nylander, Marner, Kasperi Kapanen, and Connor Brown are all right wingers. And our, you know, we have James Van Riemsdyk and Patrick Marlowe on the left side, after which it gets really, really dicey. So I would actually be somewhat interested in Zuccarello. Uh, I haven't done like a deep dive into him, so I don't know exactly what would be kind of a reasonable offer, but his the fact that his contract extends to next year and that he would be, you know, presumably pretty good next year as well. It's not like a significant long-term financial commitment. I would actually, I'd be interested in him for sure. To give you kind of a frame uh, frame of mind, we actually also talked with Sean Shapiro of the what will become the Athletic Dallas on today's podcast, and we've mentioned Zuccarello pretty extensively with him. Um, Julius Honka was the kind of player we would feel the Rangers would look for from the stars. Oh, that's so pricey. You, yeah, you're you're still looking at some, hopefully something in that range if you're the New York Rangers. Okay, hmm. So that that might be a bit too much then uh, for the Leafs. I, the thing is, it it's very hard to tell with with the Leafs. Um, Lou Lamorello keeps everything super super, you know, lock and key. Like no one knows really what's going on. Same with the Rangers, to be honest with you. Everything's lock yeah. and key. Yeah, exactly. So it, it it's tough to get a sense of how good they feel this team is, right? Because my my opinion on the Leafs is that we're 
an above average team, but not a whole lot more, you know, like maybe in the, in the 10 to 14 range in the NHL. So like definitely a playoff team, but not a team that is going to uh, realistically be a standing contender this year. Hmm. So from my perspective, you know, my opinion is that, okay, don't bother buying now, get to the playoffs to do the best you can with what you have. And then, you know, don't lose your flexibility. And that's one thing the Leafs have definitely done over the past few years. They've maintained flexibility as much as possible. They haven't really traded uh, many prospects or made any significant long-term financial commitments, except for uh, Nikita Zaitsev's deal, which is another story. <laughs> is there fear in Toronto about losing James Van Riemsdyk? I feel like if the Rangers were better this season, I feel like he'd be a name Ranger fans are talking about dreaming of signing as a free agent. Yeah, because he's a, he's a New Jersey boy, right? So he's like yeah, pretty, he, should, pretty he sure is. Um, uh, personally, I am worried about losing James Van Riemsdyk. A lot of Leaf fans, and I, I guess this is probably true of all fans. A lot of Leaf fans overrate their prospects. So oh, that's all fans. Yeah, exactly. So so you get a lot of talk of, you know, oh, you know, Josh Levo can step in and, you know, do give you eighty percent of what James Van Riemsdyk does. And it's like I I don't believe that's true, right? Um, I talked a lot about how good I think Kasperi Kapanen will be, and, and I stand by it, but. Odds are Kasperi Kapanen is never as good a player as James Van Riemsdyk is right now, right? Because JVR is a is a first liner in my opinion. He his primary scoring rate at even strength is quite good. He is dominant on the power play. The, he he's maybe the focal point of the Leafs' uh, power uh, top power play unit, which is a very very good unit. So yeah, I, I think there's no way we lose JVR and don't take a step back. At the same time, we might just have to because we're going to have to pay Nylander after the season and then Marner and Matthews after the next. So there just right. might not be room for him. Arvin, I have that a quick question. Sense. So you, you really don't think you guys are even a, a sniffing the cup this year? I mean, I've played you. I've only watched you when you played the Rangers, but let me tell you, you guys have destroyed us. Um, Yeah, I, I think in, in a way we're perfectly set up to beat a team like the Rangers or, or the, or the Islanders uh, in that. I, and this is just my opinion from watching a few Rangers games. The Rangers play like kind of an open style, but because their defense and their defense specifically is are sort of subpar, it just kind of opens the floodgates for the Leafs. That was a really nice and compliment for, you gave us, by the way. <laughs> and for for whatever reason, uh, Lundqvist randomly isn't very good against the Leafs. It, it could just be that the Leafs have talented shooters, or it could just be you know bad luck because Lundqvist has been phenomenal the whole season. Um, but I think well, if you watch the Leafs against the Rangers, you think, "Wow, this team is incredible." But then you watch the Leafs against a team like Boston, who we faced on Saturday night. And Boston just took us to the cleaners. Uh, Bergeron just totally shut down the Matthews line. We couldn't get much going at all. We It was 4-1, but the Leafs actually technically didn't even score a goal because the only goal we scored went in off of Bruin. Perfect. All right. Well, <laughs> so that, I actually, Arvin, one last question, and it's yeah. Aline Vigneault related. Um, Ranger fans are often, or at least the final stand of Elaine Vino supporters often ask us when we say the Rangers should fire Elaine Vino. Well, yeah, but who's taking over? And the number one name that I keep seeing people I consider smart hockey people mention is Marley's Sheldon Keith. Is there anything you can tell us about Sheldon Keith that gives us Ranger fans a sense of what kind of coach he is? Um, I mean, I, I think it's understandable why he would be rumored for these positions. He's done a good job looking at, you know, the Marlies record. They've been one of the best teams in the AHL consistently over the last few years. It's interesting. I'm not, I don't watch a ton of Marlies, so I can't say systemically what exactly he is doing, but 
word on the street is that like the, the he set up the Marlies in such a way, and you know they, the organization has made a real commitment to the Marlies to make the transition from Marlies to Leafs as seamless as possible. So they try and keep things somewhat similar between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, unfortunately, I can't give you a ton of specific details on what he preaches. But I think he'd be a good hire, generally speaking, because he's had success at pretty much every level he's been at coaching wise. He he was quite good in the OHL. Uh, he I believe coached the Sioux Greyhounds there. And he's been dominant with, with the AHL Marlies. So I think it's inevitable that he finds an NHL job somewhere. And I think he's not a bad shout at all. I'm all about him. Just mostly because he's not Elaine Vigneault. And second, because he's got a history of success with young players. And that's, that is music to my ears. That's, what that's we, really that's all That's what need. we need right now. Arvin, appreciate you taking the time to come on again. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you guys make the Stanley Cup, maybe we'll have you on one more time. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Arvin, talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. Peace out. And we're back with our third and final guest of the day. You're your closer, Acharya. Acharya of Raw Charge. She is the managing editor. You're here to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Acharya, say hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Ryan and Greg. And uh, hello, Rangers fandom. Yeah, we are a very sad place now. You guys are having... How's your season going? Good? What's up uh, with that? Oh, it's all right. Yeah. Um, I did have to ask, like, you're, you're trying to sell McDonough, your, your top... D, and uh, his possession numbers are below 50%. So you've got to sell him on me. Sell me on him a little bit. I got your back. Hey. His pairing <laughs> his pairing is Nick Holden. Think about that. Uh, the, the fact okay. that it's not 20% playing next to Nick Holden is all you need to know. I see how it is. So um, also, uh, is any of it due to goaltending regression or what? what's going oh, on ooh, with Lundqvist? Lundqvist <laughs> might be having his best season as a New York Ranger. So the fact oh, that the goodness. Rangers haven't sold beforehand is all because of Henrik Lundqvist. Wow. Uh, okay. Oh, this last week, not so much with Mr. Henrik Lundqvist. But before that, he pretty much had a renaissance year. And that's hard for him to do because he's had a lot of good years. So uh, looking at your numbers here, you're at a minus five goal differential and you're sitting like three teams outside that last wild card slot. So goaltending has to be solid. Defense looks like it's pretty solid. But you- <laughs> 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 right. So anyway, so I, we lack firepower is what I'm getting here. Oh no. Uh, see, we lack firepower because most of our, our players are injured, except uh, most of our defense couldn't, shouldn't even be playing hockey. It, it, it's, okay. it's that bad right now. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I know so, we beat you like a, in a 1-0 game like two months ago, and that's like the amount you've seen us this year, but that was a very phenomenal game for us, and that's about it. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, So, D'Angelo, how's he working out for you guys? <laughs> oh my God. Actually, since he's come back, he's been – he's, one, kept his mouth shut, which is a Yay. step in the right direction. Yeah, I and do apologize. Two, <laughs> I, we knew what we were getting into. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been solid. He's been good. He's been what you could hope for since his recall from Hartford. So he's one of the few defensemen that I don't have a complaint about currently. Okay. One of two. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to go into a little more detail about uh, McDonough here. <laughs> oh, that is that is what we're here to do. So awesome. there's, there's two trains of thought to explain why Ryan McDonough hasn't necessarily been Ryan McDonough this year. Okay. Uh, the first is... It's hard to imagine a defenseman um, going from Dan Girardi as his top pairing partner and somehow becoming a worse pairing partner. 
But for all the complaints that Ranger fans have had about Dan Girardi over the years, and there were mm -hmm. many, um, there's one thing that was very evident, which is he had chemistry with Ryan McDonough. And yeah, actually, well not to interrupt, I'm sorry, but oh, uh, I did look up his uh, wowies with Dan Girardi before this call, and I was shocked at how little comparative chemistry they seemed to have. Like, maybe it was just that I was looking at um, last season, the season right before this, but um, Girardi just seemed to bring McDonough down. Um, so is he that <laughs> phenomenal or was it your system? Oh, no, we were saying our, our point here is somehow it actually got worse and it was bad already. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and in McDonough's, I, I, again, we're here to fluff McDonough as much as we can to prospective uh, shoppers. <laughs> Great. McDonough last year was, he, he wasn't going to win a Norris, but he was a top five defenseman in the NHL. He was phenomenal from right. start to finish. So it didn't really matter who you put next to him. He was going to prop them up. This year, um, Nick Holden has been a sieve. And if we're being honest, it seems like Ryan McDonough has battled an, an injury we don't know about all year long. He's missed a handful of games. He's been held out of practices. I wouldn't say routinely, but whatever the next step down from routinely is, like it's not a surprise to see McDonough didn't practice and then the, the what they say is maintenance day. Maintenance day, right. Yeah. Um, that more than any other player, McDonough has missed practices for maintenance days on the Rangers. Uh, so you mm. can you can say it's Nick Holden's fault, which is a personal favorite of ours, or you can say <laughs> it's a combination of the Rangers' defensive pairings with McDonough and the fact that he's battling an injury. And the only thing that Ranger fans wanted this year, we just wanted to know if he could play with Shattenkirk. That's all we wanted. And we, yeah. found, out, we found out, by the way, the answer was no, because the coach won't let him. Wow. So he's of the uh, spread the wealth variety. He is. We're kind well, of facing he, that on the bolts right now, too. He, AV tries to spread the wealth, but the problem is his wealth is Ryan McDonough. And then mm -hmm. um, I, there isn't any wealth. You There's have wealth. You actually have wealth, though. <laughs> that's, the that's the difference. Am I wrong? Uh, we have Hedman and Strawman. Hedman's left, Strawman's right. Miss and Strawman. then we have, uh, we ha yeah, I bet you do. I'm sorry about that. Actually, I'm not sorry at all. Thank you for Strawman. Yeah, you're welcome. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, I've heard of him from the, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Neon knee for uh, Matthews or one of the many things that the Leafs fan base hate us for. Anyway, it's that Jake Dotchin. I think he might have nearly, well, I know that he kind of destroyed the career of, um, Gautier, uh, an AHL guy for the Leafs. So uh, he's a little problematic is what I'm saying. <laughs> and well, uh, then we have Coburn, um, former flyer. I, I kind of like Coburn. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's been solid for us. And honestly, Girardi, he's playing 17 minutes a night and he's doing, uh, you know, he's not, he's kind of at or a little below par uh, Corsi wise. So we're, we're not complaining. We like to play him at 24 minutes a night, so it's, it sounds like a vacation for Dan Girardi this year. Uh, the whole reason, bit, and then oh, no, we I'm have, sorry. of course, sorry, we have um, Sergachev and Cuckoo as our last two guys on the left. Oh, big Sergachev guy. Love that guy. He is pretty great, uh, and he was being used in a very conservative way, which um, actually added a lot to his game. Then Hedman went out with injury and we had to use Sergachev more and uh, that was not so good for his game. So he got benched, which Oof. 
was confusing, but that's okay because we have Cuckoo waiting there patiently. In fact, can I interest you in a left-hand defenseman named Slater Cuckoo? Uh, I was warned by someone that knows prospects a lot better than I uh, to not call <laughs> the beautiful name that is Slater Cuckoo. Uh, well, he does have a lingering shoulder issue, um, but he is beautiful offensively, uh, and I hear you guys like that sort of thing. <laughs> I just want a, I just want a new coach so we can find new things. We to do like. too much of that, uh, to be honest. I I honestly I have a bit of a crush on AV. Whoa, I have to admit, get off this podcast. <laughs> no, listen, listen. There's nothing like watching his resting bitch face, like on the bench when he's unhappy at everything. He's just so like he's grumpy cat. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to give us John Cooper, we can talk. Um, so uh, no. <laughs> the, the whole reason we brought you on is there seems to be a lot of smoke these days between the Lightning and Ryan McDonough. It, it's a very popular marriage in the media, I guess you could say. Um, and as we've done on this podcast, we've talked to uh, Sean Shapiro from The Athletic about how the Rangers match up with the Stars. Uh, we talked okay. to Arvin about how the Rangers match up with the Maple Leafs. So Who are they selling? Uh, Give a ooh. short short recap for uh, from the Leafs. Um, so basically, do? basically, we if the Rangers make a trade involving Ryan McDonough, uh, it's uh, Kapanen, and that's what Ranger fans need to be comfortable with acquiring. Okay, we can do um, a little better than that. Oh uh, well, th- th- this is what we want to talk about. Good and news. Like did, Good news. Like like we did <laughs> with right. Arvin. Like we did with Arvin. Let's get the two names that the Rangers in under no circumstances are going to be able to acquire from the Tampa Bay Lightning in a Ryan McDonough trade. And that is the aforementioned Mikhail Sergachev and a center Correct. by the name of Braden Point. Yeah, uh, Braden Point is wonderful on nights when our first line or even our second line can't get anything going. He will get things going. Um, and yeah, he's uh, between second line center and third line center. So just let that sink in for a moment. Uh, and uh, he's just energetic he hasn't been seriously injured yet so he has no yips unlike a couple of other people on the tampa bay lineup um and just have to say that uh we wouldn't give him up for anything <laughs> also he's cheap he's very cheap okay to me yeah, um, yeah right uh, the, uh let's see how cheap is Braden point i is he on his rookie deal yeah he's um rfa 2020 and uh, he's currently making um, six eighty six, so I guess that's the um, highest that you can go as a rookie on your, our, on your ELC. Yeah, I, I'd say that's not happening for the Rangers. Hey. But hey, it's a nice. It's a nice thought. Before we get into some <laughs> prospects, I do actually want to ask the. Um, there was an interesting idea floated out from Hockey Night in Canada about a possible Ryan McDonough for Tyler Johnson swap. Uh, as a Ranger fan, that doesn't interest me whatsoever. Just because if we're training Ryan McDonough, I don't necessarily want a middle line center who's above the age of 25. Yeah, as, who you as would good as want. Is, it's just, I, right. I, if I'm trading McDonough, give me young players back. The guy that you would want to go for anyway is Andre Palat because he's your two way guy and uh, you need some defensive responsibility. So uh, Tyler Johnson scores a lot. But Palat is the guy who uh, suppresses a lot of shots and also uh, makes those moves in the neutral zone where uh, he gets the puck back and drives the possession. So 
it was out just of, it was out just, of our middle six guys. That's the guy you would want, but you're yeah, not them either. <laughs> yeah, Johnson was just a name that surprised me. Really, I was like, if I, it made me worried that that was the kind of return the Rangers were looking for for someone for Ryan McDonough, and uh, <laughs> it's not that's not really what you're, we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah, yeah. So yes, the three exactly. names, you need some youth. Yep. The three youth names that I have for you. Um, Let's talk. I want to talk about Calfoot, Taylor Radish, and Anthony Sorelli. Let's start with okay. Calfoot. Well, all right. The problem with Calfoot is that uh, he is our right side D depth. Like that's it in the system as far as defensemen go. So I'm. I wonder if Iserman would give him up. Um, I'm not sure that he would, just because it's. They're like rare and precious flowers to find out in the wild. So mm-hmm. if you're going to grow your own right side D, uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to hold on to him. And then uh, we have however, Radish. However, oh, if... No, you're not going foot. Let's I'm go sorry. Foot. One oh, second. No. If Eiserman uh, if thinks that this is our window, and it very well might be, um, given that Kucherov is um, RFA with arbitration rights in uh, 2019... I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's 2019. Then that basically our window is up until then. Hmm. Interesting. So foot in that in that sense. If so the, foot if might be expendable foot. if we need that depth on the left side D. Gotcha. For a playoff gotcha. foot. And then if we're if we're the Rangers, we're looking at scoring options. That leaves us with Radish and Sorelli. Uh, Radish, yes. I have heard about. Sorelli is a guy. I've been trying to do a deep dive on the last two days because smart people have told me to be excited about Sorelli. He is pretty great. What uh, what what can you tell us? Not as two two Ranger fans that don't know a whole ton about how the Syracuse Crunch are playing this year. Well, um, the Syracuse Crunch were actually not doing very well. However, they are now. Um, they for some reason they're just late bloomers, late starters under uh their current coach, and I cannot for the life of me pronounce his name. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Grolks. Let, let's, uh, let's, for the sake of this podcast, if we're talking about a coach who Mr. is... Mr. G. Coach G. There we coach, go. A coach managing a team who should be playing better. Let's just call him Shmelaine Shmino. Yeah, Shmelaine Shmino. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> At any rate, um, he's doing wonderfully right now for the Syracuse Crunch. Um, uh, nine goals, 20 assists in uh, 41 games played. Um, uh, last year he was on the Canada uh, U20 team did very very well in uh, seven games I think three goals four assists in that very short tournament Um, and then came back and did uh, playoffs six games of playoffs for the Syracuse Crunch so he's got playoff seasoning he's got um, he's got a lot of time under his belt this year and he's holding his own in a professional league so I would be excited about him. And this is Sorelli? Yeah. Also, he's 20 years old. Uh, and he's, yeah, and he's a center. And uh, just very solid, also two-way. Like, Iserman seems to prefer his centers to be very defensively responsible. And he invested a lot of time into this guy. Gotcha. And then where do we stand on t- Mr. Radish? Kind of sounds like a Pokemon trainer to me. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Mr. Radish, I need a gym badge. <laughs> uh, I got to look up his numbers here for just one second. We'll fill the air. Greg, how's your day going? 
<laughs> uh, well, let's see. I had about three hours of sleep because of the Super Bowl last night. And worth, I took hey. worth it. So are you yeah. guys – wait, are you guys sad or happy? I, um, I, I Philadelphia roots or what's going on here? Oh, yeah, we're big Philly guys. There's no fan base in this world I want more miserable than Philadelphia at all times, but – at the same time, uh, I won 19 of my prop bets last night, so I'm oh, feeling I see. okay. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so, um, well, uh, he, Taylor Radish, uh, also uh, on the U20 team for Canada, uh, did excellently well, uh, as all of Iserman's prospects did, actually, who made that team. Just give me some, Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got traded uh to the Sioux. Um so he's got eleven games played there so far and so far he's rocking it like ten goals, nine assists in eleven games. I think he's playing with uh Ranger prospect Tim Gettinger up in Sioux as well. Oh great. So hopefully Tim is just feeding him pro Ranger talk at all times, just being like, hey man, let's talk about playing in New York next week. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and he's like, but I don't have state income tax in Tampa. Mm. The weather's always nice, and there's so many nice people. The arena's always packed out. Yeah, I know. Um, well, wait, hang on, hang on. Okay. You're telling me that Madison Square Garden is not packed every night? It's not. Are you serious? Yeah, not, not these days. No. One, it's too expensive to go to the garden, and two, um, the quality of team on the ice hasn't exactly been entertaining for the last few weeks. It's been so, uh, okay, so it's just a matter of weeks. It's not like years. No, oh, no, 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 no. When the Rangers... It's the... not an Islander level of bad. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's still Madison Square Garden. People will go to the garden just because it's Madison Square Garden. They don't really care so much and about... And they're, they're tourists the in the city. Product. Like, who cares? Who wants to see a Ranger game? You know, let's do it. When, when yeah. are going to do this again? But um, our, our biggest gripe is, for example, as bad as the Rangers have been playing for the last month, you couldn't get into the garden on Thursday night against the Maple Leafs for less than $100 huh, for, okay. for a bad seat. Well, interesting. But in yeah. Tampa, I'm sure you guys can yeah. go much cheaper. For a team that, yes. uh, you know, do you expect to win the cup this year? Because I got news for you. It looks pretty good. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to the low-rating bonanza that will be the Predators Bolts series. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that'll okay. that'll be fun. It'll cost uh, it'll cost the NHL probably like a year worth of revenue lost. You know. <laughs> like, so uh, is that going to be a twenty five percent of the rating of an NFL preseason game or fifty percent of the rating? You choose. So right. So the highest rated games that Tampa has ever been in were the Blackhawk Tampa Stanley Cup Final Series where Tampa lost. <laughs> the Penguin Series. Uh, Tampa was holding watch parties and were busted by the league and told not to hold them because they were killing the TV ratings. And that's how <laughs> small our our market is. Like, yes, it's growing. Yes, we have a sold out 20,000 seat arena every single night. Like we've had a sellout streak lasting, I'd say, three years. Wow, that's great. But that's all of the fans. Like they're all in the building. Well, you guys could get to the arena there, unlike the Tampa Bay Rays. Um <laughs> I, but I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you were playing a team before the Blackhawks called the New York Rangers, and you beat us in Game Seven in a very wait. Hang on, who's that? Was it? Dis did did I watch uh, Marty 
Uh, did I watch him cry on the ice? I think I did. I think and he uh, deserved it. That's, I, that's think, not... I think you did. Uh, you know, I re- think I did. Do you remember that, that time that, that Rick Nash, he was like by himself charging at Ben Bishop to like win the game? And then like he <laughs> didn't do anything? Wow. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I will. I anyway, will do you though. want to trade for Rick Nash? <laughs> uh, he, uh, he's Mr. Regular Season, right? Uh, no thanks. Oh, that's rude. Jesus Come on. Christ. <laughs> this is a very pro Rick Nash podcast. I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> okay, uh, sell me on Rick Nash, no. but we're not going to have him because we really don't need him. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I could sell you on Nash and even Michael Grabner, but it seems like the one area of hockey, I mean, there are multiple areas of hockey where the Lightning are very good. Um, you, right. You just you don't need a winger. I, I, um, I would be stunned if you get in the market for national grab. Yes, I would be too. I don't think we will. Uh, we already have our fill of old Rangers, to be honest. Like, I don't know where they come from. It's like Dan Girardi here. And like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, 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 there's this thing. how did New that York, happen? New Yorkers love going to Florida when they're ready to retire. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, well, we're paying him for you. So don't, you know, don't be too mad. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great so, for us, but whatever. Um, hey, so really- what? So, okay. Um, I was looking up in the next couple of seasons um, how many draft picks you have, and oh. you're actually pretty full up, right? We, we you have are. All of your picks. You haven't given for, up any for, for the, the next. For the first seasons. time in a very long time, yes. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I so think, I think we know actually, it's time. By the way, right? Ah, uh, so it's time for the rebuild. We tried to do it on the fly. Guess what? Didn't work. Uh, yeah. We signed Brendan Smith to a $4.5 million contract. That looks great right now. But uh, he's actually, he's your um, top Corsi guy. He's your top possession guy at present. Okay. Am I right? Every, everything about the Rangers doesn't make sense this year. I, okay. I, I think that's the, because Brandon Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. The, it's Shattenkirk and then it's Smith. Shattenkirk's yeah. also pretty pretty much done for the season at this point. So Yeah, there's no, re- no need to bring Shattenkirk back. He should just rest his knee for the next six months chill my friend we're trying to we're trying to get that first pick on accident <laughs> it's never yeah, gonna happen really use erasmus dalian let me tell you okay. that'd, that'd be just great um so, so, so in your, oh no no you go first one more question uh yeah. do you guys want to miss the playoffs absolutely like yep a, i do it's time, time to tank huh yeah, yeah, like this, how, this, how far do you guys want to tank? Are you going for we, top ten? Can we lose every other game this season? And by every other, I mean like every single game because I'm in. Like I wow. just let them let the boys lose. Okay, yeah, it's Goodness. I mean from from an outsider perspective, one uh, this this Ranger team when healthy just doesn't have the defense for a long sustained playoff run. It would be 100 percent dependent on Henrik Lundqvist remaining just a Norse god. Uh, and then two, when you look at it realistically, Pavel Buchnevich is out with a concussion. Jimmy VC is out with a concussion. Mark Stahl Wait, is out is? with VC is out. Yeah, oh yeah, um, VC got dominated by uh, Forsberg. Forsberg in... put an elbow right into his teeth. Yep. Uh, oh god. Forsberg got a three-game suspension for it. Oh, um, I think I read about that. Yep. The fact that Alexi Emelin didn't get suspended for giving Mark Stahl what equates to basically a cervical strain, which sounds disgustingly painful, is yeah. beyond me. Um, but yeah. Stahl, Stahl is out it's for shocking. Time. It's shocking given Mark Stahl's health that he is as good as he is. Yeah, yeah. And I've honestly, read, this might be the end, which is really weird to say. Yeah, I, I, I Mark Stahl is now at a point where I'm worried about his mental health. At yeah, at, it's too many concussions, and then that hit from Emmeline is honestly, I'm I'm worried about the whole family. 
yeah. <laughs> retire all of yeah. you, please. Please. They've made enough, they've made enough money. I, I think they can rest on their laurels at this point. They can go to their farm, their sod farm or whatever but it is. Those those three guys have gotten hurt in the last two games. And then you add in Kevin Shattenkirk's knee surgery, Chris Kreider's blood clots. This The, the team's just, it, it fell apart. And sometimes it falls apart. Then now the Rangers wisely should just embrace um it's not even like a full rebuild. It's basically a mini rebuild. They want to trade off all their unrestricted free agents, Nash, Grabner, Holden, and Dayarnay. And then they're talking about trading two guys that only have a year and a half left on their contract, which is McDonough, who the Lightning seem to be enamored with at this time, mm-hmm. and Matt Zuccarello. Those are really the only six names the Rangers in, I've seen considered trading at this point. <laughs> I could see Iserman going for Zuccarello because he's short. <laughs> he's also, he's also very good. Just saying. I know. Our, our team has a thing for short guys. It's very weird. We love Zuccarello. Uh, it, he would be, he's probably the second most devastating Ranger to lose. So uh, that'll be a fun one when it happens. Yep. Didn't, uh, didn't Marty St. Louis call him Sam and uh, he called Marty Frodo or something like that? His nickname <laughs> on, the, on the team is The Hobbit. Ah, uh, okay. That's cool. Uh, what a lovely relationship they have. So <laughs> what, you, you tell me how, um, all right. What I, are I we going to do? Here? I don't want to say. Well, I don't, I don't want to say desperate, but how important do you think it is for the Lightning to acquire someone like Ryan McDonough to put this team over the edge in terms of Stanley Cup contender? I don't know, uh, because in the past, when Iserman has, when the team has been doing well, and Iserman has been content. He's stood pat at trade deadline and not made uh, many moves. Mm-hmm. Although the cup final year, we did a trade uh, for Coburn uh, for Gudis. And then we sent, um, oh gosh, the dude that whose name slips my mind up to uh, the Bruins for picks. So basically um, we got... Coburn and got rid of a few picks and then got the picks back. So Coburn was an upgrade over Gudis. Um, and Gudis actually fit in really well with the Flyers system. So it was win-win. And I think that Coburn scored one of our goals in that season and that uh, series. So that was good. So what I'm saying is it might happen. Like uh, if Eiserman thinks we need another left D, uh, he might pull the trigger and We'll all be wondering how we lost Nemesnikov uh, when he has such great chemistry with Stamkos, but um, we'll be satisfied because this obviously McDonough will be uh, on a deep playoff run. So if you if you're worried about uh, Nemesnikov keeping the chemistry, we'll take Stamkos too. <laughs> yeah, we can do. It. You know what? I know it's a burden for you, do you guys. Really have eight point five uh, clear in cap space. Oh, we can make it for him. <laughs> we'll we'll include Nash in the trade, and that basically can, counters out the salaries. So there you go. So we should definitely make the playoffs, but not much farther, huh? <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> yeah. Sorry, just, do not mean to tease you that much. It, it's fine. I uh, we're, actually, we're good sports while, at this point. While you're, while you're here, I actually so I used to live in Georgia. I was a weird nomad Ranger fan living in Savannah, Georgia, where they don't even know what hockey is. Right. Um, but for the Lightning series, my buddy and I did the five-hour drive from Savannah to Tampa. And all I'm saying is we won the games I went to, so I guess I should have yeah. won them more. Honestly, I was at one of the games for the Ranger-Tampa series, and I think it was the game where all of the Tampa lineup was out with the flu because 
I think you guys like destroyed us. I didn't even want to think about the final score. It was like four to one or some terrible thing like that. And it was depressing. <laughs> it truly was. I remember getting a migraine driving back to Orlando because it was so sad. <laughs> it destroyed that, me. <laughs> we might have we might have been at I was at game five and I remember the Rangers yeah. winning handedly. Yeah, I believe it it was probably that game. Yeah, but we, remember, may have, we might have ran into each other. Remember no, game seven when you guys won one nothing at at home ice for the Rangers to go to the Stanley Cup yeah. finals? <laughs> I, do you need some tissue? I, I have some handy. I think about it every day of my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. That was uh that was us and the penguins the year after. Yeah. The, I, I still think that series doesn't even go seven if Zuccarello is healthy. I still feel that's that that's one of that's one of my hills that I will die on. If the Rangers had Matt Zuccarello for that series, I, I think they they win before Game Seven. Probably, but we'll never know. Congratulations! Uh, uh, congratulations right. on winning Stanley <laughs> Cup this year. Uh, just want to jinx you oh, right, right off the advance. bat. Yeah, just that's let, right. Let you know. Uh, enjoy Ryan McDonough in a week or two. You're gonna enjoy him. Okay, he's, he's... so it's probably gonna be like some integral uh part of our scoring lineup a a prospect like radish or sorelli i don't think it's going to be foot um and also a pick or two so i think that's what it's going to be i'm into that if I, yeah if i had to guess i i would say i i feel confident saying sorelli will be involved and i feel confident saying a first round pick will be involved i don't know what the which third of our piece. forwards yeah, yeah. But it's going to be one of them, and it's probably not going to be one of our lower scoring guys. Would that would that make you as a follower of this team happy? Would would that be a good trade in your mind? I, I know uh, Ranger Ranger fans should be happy if they get a pick, a prospect, thing. and a forward. Here's the thing about Tampa Bay Lightning's forwards: the top nine are fantastic. It would be hard to lose any one of these guys. Yanni Gord. Do you know who Yanni Gord is? I do. Yeah, he's fabulous, and nobody has ever heard of him before this year. So I, I have not, so there you go. Right. I had <laughs> so, no idea who that person is. Yeah, he would be uh, very sad. To, it would be very sad for the fan base to lose this guy. We post pumpkin pictures whenever he scores a goal. <laughs> so, you know. Gord, I get it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So um, it'll be tough no matter what. However, I'm sure that once we see the D stabilizing uh and it it was rough when headman was out we'll be just fine yeah i just i keep thinking back to you would have vasilevsky playing behind headman mcdonough sergachev and of course future hall of famer dan girardi so i i, <laughs> I, I don't i don't necessarily know how the lightning moves in that in that system uh yeah, I think uh, Girardi just basically lies in front of Vasilevsky, and then he's a very effective like block for many of the shots. Yeah, yeah that sounds work. about right. That sounds about yeah, right. That sounds like Girardi, to be honest. Before we <laughs> let you go, uh, we got to ask one nonsense question: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Okay. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Different podcast. I'll say different podcasts than you have asked me this question, and by that I mean Steve Dangle. The, so the um, nerve. <laughs> right. And I believe that was several years ago. So let me try to remember what I told him. Stay consistent. Uh, um, okay. I'll pose one to you. Is an oh. empanada a sandwich? No, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Why? It, it, it's an empanada. It's just like a hot dog's a hot dog. Mm. I, uh, I am team hot dog is a sandwich. I don't, 
I, I am a what you would call a basic bitch and don't know exactly what an empanada is, but I'm going to say that's a You don't know what an empanada Wait. is? Hold on. I don't know. <laughs> this don't is know. actually the news. <laughs> this question and you Okay, you lived in Savannah and you don't know what an sure empanada did. is? Okay. I didn't say I was uh, very socially aware in Savannah, but oh, I definitely okay. lived there. Actually, don't well, worry, worry about answering that question. Greg, now, <laughs> an empanada yeah. is a meat pocket. It's pretty much like a meat Deliciousness. Pie, it's like it's like pizza, but with like a flakier, crisper crust, and, like, and it's so it, and it's in a pocket. It, is yeah. it a is it a Mexican calzone? Yes, yes, it's a Mexican calzone that's been deep fried. That's the ethic way to say it appropriately, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will Pretty say much. this: while I think a hot dog is a sandwich, I've never in my life considered a calzone a sandwich. So I guess I uh, I would huh, go along the same route of an empanada. I, I I guess I will. Re, re, um, reconfigure so, my answer. Okay, so if so, you're saying your theory of sandwiches is if any part of the bread is joined, then it's no longer a sandwich. The two no. slices have to be um, separate from each other with stuff in the middle for it to be a sandwich. Correct. That that is Ryan's. Mine has always been if if it's meat and other products between two slices of bread or a sliced bun, that's a sandwich. Got it. Interesting. Okay. And now you All know. Right, guys, now I know. <laughs> now I'll go to New York and ask for a non-sandwich hot dog. Perfect. A hot dog, but it can't be a sandwich. Here's, here's the crazy while, – while this actually makes me think. Hot dog carts used to be like the staple of a street corner in New York. It's definitely like taco trucks now, right? Uh, we have all kinds of weird food trucks nowadays in Orlando. So I don't know how to answer that. We yeah, have like we have like Swedish food trucks and we have like Thai food trucks. You know, we have that too, Greg. You just no. I'm just I'm, I'm saying when I when I go to New York City now, I'm never thinking to myself the street meat I want is a hot dog. Huh. And a hot dog is never the street meat I want in New York. There I, just, I know, love the idea of Greg walking around in New York just asking himself, what street meat do I want? <laughs> yeah, I ask all the time. All the time. It's my first thought when I get off the train. Hey, like, what street meat hey, do I want? Hey, what street meat can I shove down my throat today? Sorry. Okay, then. Sorry. Boys. All right. <laughs> that's fine. My bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, appreciate, no, appreciate you coming out to talk Strictly Hockey only. And then from there, I hope you guys win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. If you guys do, please come back on and brag about it in our face. We, I shall. I would love to. All Thank right. you guys oh, for do being you want, so Do you want to plug, plug your Twitter or anything before you go? Okay. Um, my website is Raw Charge, so rawcharge.com. I am the hockey mom who runs it, and I have a staff of a number of people who write amazing things, including uh, two Russian translators. Wow. And uh, that's pretty awesome. There are a lot of Russians on Tampa Bay Lightning, so they're necessary. Can we borrow one for Pavel Buchnevich coverage? Possibly. <laughs> we'll, we'll work a deal. Hmm. Okay. Once he plays again, which is like two years from now, we'll figure that out. Awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Arturia. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we're back. Wow, that was a lot of interviews. Great job, Greg. You did most of the heavy lifting there. Well, you know, I, first, I'd I just like to thank uh, thank everyone who makes this possible. So, like, um, God? Start with, yeah, j- the Jewish God, David, <laughs> King David, all, all those guys. Hey, I'd like to thank really Jewish gotta, God. <laughs> really got to thank them for giving me the ability to um, articulate and have thoughts and stuff like that. Couldn't wouldn't be here without him or her. I don't I don't judge whatever whatever however God gender identifies. Praise be. That, that's it, really. And now since you listen to all the interviews, make sure you come to our meetup next 
on January, January, February 15th at Beer Authority yeah, in Midtown. Be weird it would, that would be in the past. All right, let's do who can the you believe, Can you believe it's it's going to be almost like two months since the November meetup? No, I can't. It's This year's going too fast, and it's been a month. We're 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 at a, a one th- one of twelve. <laughs> Never mind. I can't math. <laughs> Let's see who this, who the F is Blue Shirts Breakaway. I got a, a football related one. Okay, I got and, a baseball related one. Perfect. So as you may know, I used to play fighting games such as Street Fighter and other nerdy games competitively, pretty seriously. And I had I know you're asking yourself, Ryan, how's this football related? I had a tournament that started in my backyard years ago called East Coast Throwdown. It's now like a major and sponsored by Capcom. I don't run it or anything, but it did start my my backyard. One year, we held it in a hotel where Jets rookie camp was happening. That year, Mark Sanchez's rookie year. So I was walking around my hotel, and I went to go down the, the, the end of the hallway. They had like a mini gym, and then it was a water fountain, and I was filling up my water bottle. In that gym itself was Mark Sanchez by himself. Not on the phone, just rolling back and forth on a bounty ball. <laughs> and I I looked at him, he nodded, I nodded back, and I was like, Mark? He was like, yep. I was like, hey man, good luck. And then I walked out. <laughs> and from that moment, I had a sort of affinity for Mark Sanchez, because I just watched him roll back and forth on a blue bounty ball in a hotel. Well, there you go. He was like face, face stomach down on the bounty ball, just rolling back and forth. He looks dead tired and like he didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, uh, that's that's I I, I work out similar ways. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's Mark Sanchez weirdly. There you go. Okay, so mine going back to this might actually be around the same time, summer of two thousand seven, summer before we went to college. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's eleven years ago. Holy shit! Old, you're old. Wow, <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, Facebook. Still very new to Facebook. This is back when you needed you didn't you didn't need a college address anymore to have a Facebook, but when you got your email address from college for the first time, it was a big deal because it it showed the college you're going to. Right. Um, and it was it was great because there were about maybe fifteen to twenty of us who got accepted early decision to Marist, and we made a little Facebook group, and all of us started talking through that. That's actually how I met uh, our friend Greg Kessler. I, through Facebook because we both got accepted to Marist early. Anyway, losing off point. Very. There was a girl I was talking to from that Facebook group for, nice. very, for a very long time. Uh, she was. She's going to go unnamed. She was a Met fan. We would talk about just random stuff that was happening, how excited we were for college, the Mets, yada, yada. Anyway, we get to the point where in the summer she says, hey, I got four tickets to tonight's Mets-Reds game. Do you and a friend want to come with me and my friend and we can meet up and have a good time. And I was like, well, I don't even, I, I, I liked her. I was attracted to her. The fact that she was now bribing me with Mets tickets was over the, top. the icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, so I got my friend Ted. We're going to this Met game. It was also Andy Chavez bobblehead night. And it was the bobblehead of him making the catch in the NLCS from the year before. We were very excited. Um, we got there very early because we were trying to get the bobblehead. But then we realized that uh Marist girl had the tickets and of course she was running late so now ted and i are doing our normal well are we going to get a bobblehead what do we do how do we get one it's very important to this bobblehead ted and i end up buying tickets to the game even though we had tickets already oh my God, paid for Greg. because we tried to get the bobblehead 
Needless to say, we waited too long to execute this plan and we didn't get the bobblehead oh my God. crushed. <laughs> but you would think this, and then not only, so the girls are now an inning late and we're in the game and we're not able to sit at our seats yet. She wasn't sitting, she wasn't at the game early? Did you like no, never she, talk to her again? Uh, you, hang with me. The story takes a turn. Okay. Before they show up, uh, I think John Main started that day and he was awful. He walked the bases loaded to the first three batters he faced and then Joey Votto hit a grand slam. So the Mets are down 4 nothing before we even get to our seats. And Ted and I are literally standing there, bobbleheadless, pissed off that this game's going miserably, the girls are late, and we're not at our seats. Uh, but then the girls show up, and we're like, all right, they're here. We, they take us to our seats, which are two rows behind the Reds' dugout, and we're like, all right, things are looking up now. Okay, things are better. Things are getting better. Um, we, we start having the casual conversations. They get up to go to the bathroom sometime in the fourth inning. A drunk guy sitting next to Ted and I is like, hey, are you here with them? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, here are three beers. And we're like, oh, fantastic. Wow. So we're now, we're 18-year-old guys just drinking beers at Shea Stadium with two girls we just met. Who cares what the Mets are doing anymore? This is turning into a great game. Needs to say the Mets lost embarrassingly. We stayed for the whole game because why the fuck not? We're having a good time. It was the first time in my life I ever got lost inside Shea Stadium. I would have said I've been to Shea Stadium 150 times before that game. And this was the first time in my life I ended up in a part of the stadium that I've never seen before. It was in front of an elevator. I didn't even know Shea Stadium had elevators. I didn't know it had the ability. We're standing in front of the elevator, minding our own business, uh, I guess waiting for it to come so we can go down, even though we were sitting on the field level. So I don't know where down would have been for us. Anyway, we're standing there for no reason. Elevator doors open. In this elevator, uh, Mets broadcaster Howie Rose, Omar Minaya, and Mets assistant general manager John Rico, who actually knew our friend from home. And so the doors open, and the girls are just like, oh, okay, we can go in. And my buddy Ted and I are literally frozen stiff. Uh, We don't know what to do. How could you not be? Those are three of the most important people in our lives at that time. And for whatever reason, the only words that come out of my mouth is, hey, Ryan Crofts knows John Rico. And like, instead of saying hello or or anything like that, I just say my buddy's name and say, yeah, he knows you. Rico steps out of the elevator, has like a five minute conversation with us. Uh, We now look like the shit to these girls because we know what we said are important people. Um, Anyway, that conversation happens. We don't get in the elevator. We just decide to walk away because I'm like, guys, I don't know why we're waiting for this elevator anyway. We just wasted 20 minutes, but let's go this way. Uh, long story short, we ended up making out with these girls in the parking lot. I had a great time, yada, yada. But that is the only time in my life that my friend and I listened after every Mets win on our drive home, we were listening to taking care of business. Yeah. It's the only time in our history of going to Met games together that we listened to taking care of business after a loss. I got to tell you, that is a very wonderful date story. I, that, there was nothing bad about that story. Everything was wonderful. Yep. How, uh, how and next week through the FS Boosters Breakaway, I'll tell you guys about our second date with these girls. Because <laughs> that, that was a hilarious day, too. Okay. You just have to actually remind me to do that. I will do that. Or I could just tell you right now, because why the fuck not? We've already been going on for like an hour This and a half. podcast is two hours. Needless to say, all you need to know about the second date is they came to Connecticut. They both lived in New Jersey. I know this story. Um, they, we, we did shenanigans with them throughout the day. They didn't tell their parents they were coming to visit us. And this is back when that was a big deal. And then there was an explosion at Grand Central, so we couldn't put them back on trains to get them home. And, uh, yeah, calamity ensued. It, right. it was, we'll go it was, into it. it we'll go into it next great. week. Let's talk quickly about Super Bowl and then get the hell out of here. 
all you need to know about the Super Bowl, first of all, phenomenal game. Okay, uh, all you need to know about the Super Bowl is this. Tide is fucking awesome. If you're not using Tide as your detergent, I don't know what you're doing. Because big, I've, big, big fan of Hopper. I've never seen a more brilliant marketing ad than what Tide did last night. I was astounded. They set the precedent. They, like, I don't want to use... They set, they set the president or president? They, they set the president because they cocked everybody. See what I did there? Uh, uh-huh. But they set the president also. Oh, I did it again. Wow, I can't even see yep. it. Yep, yeah, yep. you're good. Um, it was one of the best marketing ploys because it, they had you on your toes every commercial break. Like, oh, my God. Is this a Tide ad? And I found my whole – the whole night like, oh, man, I, this is a Tide ad. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Budweiser hasn't done an ad yet. The Clydesdale comes out and he goes, nope, Tide ad. I was like, you motherfucker. And they got me so bad like multiple times. It was the best marketing campaign I've ever seen. Congratulations, Tide. I had a great time with Morgan Freeman doing Missy Elliott. I'm oh, not going to lie. I, I thought that commercial was lackluster until it went to Morgan Freeman. That's fantastic. Oh, um, right. Let's talk about the game I, real quick. I made, I made 38 prop bets on the Super Bowl. I won 19 of them. I ended up losing $2 on the night. That's a win. I, I, I counted as a It would have been a lot more money. One, had fucking Zach Ertz not committed that false start on the two-yard line. Because everybody and their mother knows that handoff was going to LeGarrette Blunt. It was. was going to rush it in from two yards out. It was. And we had we had money on LeGarrette Blunt to score first. Oh. Uh, we had money on LeGarrette Blunt to score first and the Eagles win. Oh. Uh, we had money on – like, it, LeGarrette Blunt scored in the second quarter, which is great because we also had money on LeGarrette Blunt to score in the first half. LeGarrette Blunt to score a touchdown at any point you in the game. You guys were heavy on LeGarrette Blunt. We, we went heavy on LeGarrette Blunt. What boys? But for that exact reason, they were on the two. They were going to give the ball to LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt and Zach Ertz commits a false start. Listen, I was so pissed off. Are you? Were you surprised Philly uh, beat the Patriots? Uh, I I still thought the Patriots were going to win with like a minute twenty left. The game. I'm not surprised the Eagles won. I'm surprised the game was so high scoring and the fact that there was one fucking punt the a, entire game. A, a phenom. I don't like football. I've said this on this podcast, despite all my knowledge for it. A phenomenal game to watch as a neutral fan of teams of both teams. I did not like sort of rooting for the Patriots. I was like, I, like, I kind of want the Patriots to win just because I'm rooting for like greatness at this point. But man, just nonstop scoring and excitement the whole game. Not like a drama-filled game, but just fun the whole time as a neutral fan. You couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, and people will say, oh, well, last year's Super Bowl was better. Nah, you're forgetting. Last year's Super Bowl was super fucking boring for a lot of the game. Oh, the, the first Patriots half? Like, 28 we were, to 3. We were asleep pretty much. They were getting smoked. The Patriots were getting dominated. It became an interesting game when the Patriots just went Herculean, but that was a bad Super Bowl for about 45 minutes. Absolutely. This this Super Bowl was fantastic from start to finish. Whole and way. The whole thing. And I I am I, I have no regrets about the bets I made. I just wish Zach Ertz didn't commit that false start. Hey, and shout out to Nick Foles. For real, man. Good for you. Big Dick Nick. Came up came up big. Get, you get a great nickname and you win a Super Bowl? Man. Life is he's good. doing he's doing all right for himself. Now, um, what do you have to have... offer the Cleveland Browns to take Carson Wentz? <laughs> no, they're not trading Wentz. Are you uh, kidding me? They're going to trade Foles for a first round pick. Yeah, but how much could you get for Wentz? How much could you get for Foles? Probably a lot. He's an underpaid quarterback. One more year, yeah, under contract. They're, you're going to get a first rounder for him, I'm assuming. I will. I will say there's one prop bet. Um, we made 38. 37 of them are done. We have one prop bet remaining. We need Team USA to win 42 medals at the Winter Olympics because what? we took more USA medals over points scored of the winning team. Okay. So if Team USA wins 42 medals, um, we I, win another bet. I, I think that's a lot, isn't it? Uh, it is. Last year, Russia finished with the most medals, 33. So we are <laughs> fucked. You are fucked.
podcast. <laughs> we are. Uh, all right, buddy. This is a long ass podcast. Uh, Not short. We are out of here. Come to our meetup, please. Subscribe on our Patreon, please. Follow us on Twitter, please. Blue Shirts Break. Hit us up on our website, bluestartsbreakaway.com, where you can read Drew and all of our other staff writers. And uh, got a lot of stuff planned in the coming months. I definitely have a lot of stuff planned this week, so stay like stay tuned. I'm I'm gonna be grinding. And uh, Greg, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, buddy. My friend, my friend, my friend. We're out of here. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.